Uh-huh. I know what you're thinking. Is this the booth drafting the circuits? Three-way theater or the Kevin Jackson show? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kinda lost track myself here on Hoobazoo.com. So, do you feel lucky, punk? Oscar Mike Radio. Come in. Come in, Oscar Mike Radio. Sinister One, this is Oscar Mike. I have Ulima Charlie over. then how is everyone doing this holiday week today is December 29th 2016 this is the last episode of Oscar Mike radio for the 2016 year and I'm gonna get started with the question of the week and I was asked what does 2017 have in store for Oscar Mike I'm going to get into that more next week with the first episode of 2017, but suffice to say, um, I am working to get better at producing this show and trying to engage more with people, which means instead of, you know, me producing, you know, half hour shows, I'm going to try to have guests on who are active in the community active in business and active in the military in whatever they do and get them on to tell their story um, it just seems to be a focus that I want to really explore for this upcoming year and I'm looking forward to it very much to see what happens and to have the person on to tell their story and that is my answer to the question of the week. Thank you very much. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is Travis with Oscar Mike Radio. Today is Thursday, December 29th, 2016. This is the last episode of Oscar Mike Radio of the year. And I'm pleased to be joined by the complaint department currently staffed by what I call Pogue and Grunt. Pogue is on assignment, so I have Grunt here with me. Grunt, you're now real. Welcome to Oscar Mike Radio. Hey, thanks a lot, Travis. All right, my man. Do you want to tell people who you are within reason? Do you want to keep the mystery going? Because here's the thing. Most people think you're just fake. You're just a figment of my imagination. What do you want to do to tell people that, yeah, you're here and you're for real? Oh, well, they hear me now, know that I'm real. But we'll keep the mystery going a little longer. I like it. I like it. And the women like it, too. So 
people ask me, you know, do, do military guys really complain? And I would say, yeah. And, and what do you think we complain, Grunt? Uh, I think they complain all the time. When you're out there in the fleet, everyone's complaining all the time just to embrace the suck. Well, I don't know how it was for you, but when I was in the Marine Corps, the only time the staff and CEOs and officers got really worried is when we stopped complaining. Oh, yeah, it was the same for me. When, when we were out in the field for four to six weeks and you know we were busting our humps 18 hours a day, when we stopped complaining, that's when the O's got a little bit nervous, like, hey, what's the morale really like? What's going on? Did you find the same? Yeah, it was the same for us. Yeah, I don't know why that is, but what was your favorite thing to complain about? Because I wasn't a grunt, per se. I wasn't an air winger, either. I was I was a bastard child. Both of you guys hated us. So what's a, what's a grunt's favorite thing to complain about? Favorite thing to complain about would either be being out in the field too long with the, uh, with the accommodations. They weren't all that great. Uh, or going to the armory. Oh, well, I was going to the army back. I worked in the army. I loved it. Turning in our weapons. Nothing was ever clean enough or this or that. You'd hand it in. They'd want you to re-clean it. It was a pain. Oh, nothing, nothing made my day than to tell the officer his weapon was dirty. Nothing. So, so tell us, if you can, a little bit about your Marine Corps experience, you know, where you went to boot camp, what you did, and, you know, if you don't mind, your 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 overall, you know, tour? Uh, so I was in four years, from 2004 to 2008. Why'd you Went join? To... Why'd I join? Yeah. Uh, the country was at war. You don't get an opportunity like that all the time. Not every generation gets a chance to go and fight for their country. Well, that's that's badass, man. I mean, I really like that. And, and so you, did you go to San Diego? I didn't. I went to Paris Island, Ugh. South Carolina. That's too bad, man. You missed out. Hollywood. Not Hollywood like you guys. Oh, come on. Come on. I hear that all the time. Ugh. So you went to you went to Paris Island. Then then, uh, what did you do for your MOS? I was 0341, a mortarman. Oh, yes. Portable artillery. Yeah, a little bit. But although we never touched them, though. Once we got to the fleet, we never used them. What? Yeah. We never used them when we went to Iraq. <laughs> so what? What did they have you guys doing? Uh, we were what was called a mobile assault platoon. So what, what did that entail? So you patrol and you escort, uh, you know, other convoys, people who need to go out places. You escort them, and you basically ride around four or five trucks at a time with uh, with heavy machine guns. Make that's... sure everyone gets there safely. Well, that's that's. Um... That must have been interesting at certain times. I wouldn't say it's cool because Iraq was hot and dangerous, but uh, that must have been, you know, you got up up close and personal. You weren't sitting on a ship somewhere or back on the rear with the gear. Nope. So did you do your whole tour in Iraq or did you come back stateside? Uh, when... I, so in I got out of boot camp in about September of 2004. Then went to the School of Infantry, right down the road in Camp Geiger, which is in North Carolina. Uh, and I was stationed at Camp Lejeune. So I, we deployed to Iraq in February of 2005 um, for about seven months. We went to Fallujah. We came back around October, November of uh 
of 2005. And then, then you, I mean, so you decide to get out and not stay in and, you know. Well, that... well, once we got back, you know, we had a little bit of leave and then you start to build up again for your next deployment. So we were going to 29 Palms, 8B Hill in Virginia. Um, and then we deployed again in about, I want to say May, around May or September of 2006 to Iraq again. And we came back in May of 2007. We got extended while we were there because of the troop surge at the time. So we were there a little longer. I want to say eight or nine months. Oh, wow. So, you know, your Marine Corps experience is very different than mine, but and that's that's normal and, and for a lot of us. But we're still, you know, all riflemen first. We're still all Marine brothers. I mean, did you find that you're you made some lifelong friends and, and not really friends, but family while you were in? Oh yeah, definitely. We still talk daily. Most of us, you know, like four or five of us, we still talk daily. Check in on one another, make sure everyone's doing all right, and just you know, banter back and forth like it was when we were in. That's the thing. I mean, that's the thing I really miss about um, my time in the Marine Corps. I didn't understand at the time because you're in it, but, you know, years later, there's people that you pick up with and you see how they're doing, you see what they've got going on in their lives, and uh, it's something that you can't really find anywhere else out in the civilian world. It's just, and people don't understand it. So it's, Definitely. it's hard to fit in sometimes. Yeah. But uh, the one thing, you know, a couple of civilians who I, I know who work with uh, military guys always said is you guys are always effing complaining. Always. So, you know, and they want to know why. I said because, you know, when we complain, we're happy. That's what we do. It makes things a little bit easier, you know. Even if it doesn't get solved, whatever the problem is, you're sitting out there in the rain for a few days, you just complain. You feel better about it. Yeah, exactly. You know, you don't have enough, you know, lube for your, you know, gun out in the field. You complain about it, and you, you, you bust the lieutenant's balls about, you know, hey, sir, why don't we have enough lube to get the job done? And it just goes downhill from there. And he's sitting there trying to be all, you know, brassy and everything, but <laughs> what's he going to do? The funny thing is, you sit there and you complain and you complain. Everyone wants to complain, you know? So, the, the, the cool thing is, you know, I'm doing this Oscar Mike radio thing, and, you know, you and, and, and Pogue were there from the beginning. I, it's really important to me because, you know, sometimes when I talk about the main subject or the word, as I call it, you know, the complaint department is kind of the way to lighten things up and to have fun and to show a different side of, you know, me in the military and you know again a lot of people are like well what's the big deal I said because again if you can't find something to complain about something is really wrong <laughs> so true. so you guys have come up with some doozies to complain about whether it's a PT belt or the M9 pistol the Beretta which I hated in the garbage Corps. garbage absolutely garbage uh, because I don't know about you, man, but that I would I would CLP and lube the hell out of that thing, take it to the range or on a op because you know that's what I did. I had to to carry one. You'd go to fire that thing and it would jam. Yep. No 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 reason why. 
and you do remedial action, I'm thinking, man, if I needed this thing to save my life, I'd be dead by now. Yeah. So, I mean, but is it is it fun being able to kind of, you know, be involved with Oscar Mike Radio and see how this thing has gone? What's that meant to you? Oh, definitely. It means a lot, you know, get the voice out there and, and, you know, make people feel better, make them feel better. They can laugh and listen, you know, and you let people know that there's veterans who still care, who want to help one another, you know? Well, hey, man, that's the thing. I mean, and even with just you and me, you know, uh, whether it's us going to a Patriot Guard ride on our motorcycles or just checking in after some stuff goes down, it's just uh, that, that bond of brotherhood and fraternity that uh, I just don't get anywhere else. And, and, you know, like, not for nothing, but Marines understand Marines. We can be a little rash at times. Yep. You know, a little off color. But you can you can be like that to another Marine or another veteran. And they yep. understand it more than the civilians do. Because, as you know, there's no safe space in the field. That's right. <laughs> there's no safe space on a hump. Everybody's getting the suck handed to them. Oh, yeah. The, the volume's turned up full, full. So, if you can't deal with uh, a little brotherhood, you know, ribbing you or giving you the the business, you know, unvarnished, if you will, life's going to be pretty bad for you. You're four years in. You got you got to grow some thick skin, man. You got to. That's right. Because uh, you know they they used to get on me and they still do about the size of my head. It's huge. <laughs> Well, thanks, man, for saying it like that. It's like a basketball. I'm telling you. And, and <laughs> from the time I hit boot camp till my, you know, EAS, it was a source of constant amusement with everybody. E1s well, all, the way, all the way up to Sergeant Major was always on. Oh, well, let me ask you, what size helmet did you wear anyway? Did they find one that fit you? Oh, well, one of the experiences I had was we went on a, a hump and we had our gas mask, right? And we had the new, like, was it the M40, I think at the time? I think it's the one that you wore. Well, it didn't fit. And I didn't find out it didn't really fit well until they gassed us. Great time to find out. Well, the thing was, is it kind of fit, but not well. And they didn't put the filter in it. Even though I did a Don and Clear, it was brand new because they had to order an extra large one for me because no one else in the battalion had one, right? And they had to give me the old M87 ones, I think is what it was called, because that was the only one that fit. <laughs> and from that moment on, the sergeant major and officers all knew who Partington was. Not in a good way. <laughs> extra like, large is what, is what fit you? Yeah, it's a double X or extra large uh, uh, M40. They, they didn't have one. The, the reality was they didn't want to spend the money to get one. It was just easier to give me the old M87s, that extra large one that fit. But yeah, helmets, covers, uh, anything like that in the Marine Corps was bad. I wear a 4X motorcycle helmet. There, there, there's only one company that, that, that makes a motorcycle helmet that's big enough for me. A 3X Chewy or HJ, or a, a Scorpion won't fit. It's, a, it's an HJC CL Max 2 4X. So, I don't know how you find a, fat, a hat that fits your head. I wear a, a fitted size 8 or 778, which means I got a special order, <laughs> all my hats. So, yeah, I mean, my sergeant would sit there and complain about having to take care of Partington because he's the only one platoon who has a big grape. You could orbit around that thing, sir. <laughs> so, it's just brutal, man, brutal. 
But um, I was going to ask you, man, I mean, what do you think about the Marine Corps now? You know, now you've been out for almost 10 years. What do you think about it now versus when you were in? What, what do you think it's going with now that, you know, Mad Dog is uh, Secretary of Defense? Uh, you know, I, I I don't know. They don't qualify with iron sights anymore, right? That's what I've heard. That's what I've read. They, it's a scope. It's yeah. an ACOG well, scope. Well, we had those when I was in. We used them, but we qualified with iron sights. We didn't use the, uh, I mean, I don't know. I think it's changing. The world's changing. Marine Corps has got to adapt and go with it. You know, they're not fools. They've been fighting wars for a long time. But but what happens if your scope breaks off in combat? I mean, how do you, how do you yeah. fire? I mean, and then, you know, what's your, what's your view on putting, and I'm going to get some heat for this, but I'm not really sure we should be putting women in frontline combat units. I'm, I'm uh, just I'm just not sure about that. So I think there's a lot that goes along with that, right? So, I mean, bigger guys weighing 200 pounds plus 40, 50 pounds of gear. You get shot and go down, can they pick you up and get you out of there? Well, no, I don't know. But I'm sure there's guys, too, that are the same way. They might not be able to, but most of them probably could. I just I just use the Mark. I mean, it's it's it's, not, it's the Mark Forty Two right now. It's not the Mark Nineteen anymore, right? Which the the grenade launcher it was the Mark Nineteen when I was in. Okay, so that thing you, that was seventy five pounds just for the yeah. receiver. I mean, I never saw a WM pick one up and and carry one like a guy could. No, that was my litmus test, and the ammunition was heavy too, and you know. I, I don't want to be answering these questions when the bullets start going downrange toward our position. Now, I served with some WMs who were, you know, awesome Marines. Uh, you know, they could engage aircraft just as well as the, the, the guys could in the in the radar van for Hawk. They could drive a truck just as well as the guys could. But, you know, and I don't have a problem with that. My, my, my issue was, is like, look, man, when... When I get shot, can that woman who weighs 110 pounds with no gear save my life, pick me up, and get me back to the corpsman? And it's a fair question to ask. I'm not. I'm not saying they can't serve. I'm not saying they can't be awesome Marines because I'm sure you and I both work with some awesome, you know, female Marines. Which here's another thing. Uh, I'm told that they're not even. We're not even allowed to call them WMs anymore. Which I'm like, okay, I guess that's all right, but. It's a old softer, hab- gentler Marine Corps. Well, old habits die hard for me. I mean, you're still a WM as far as I'm concerned. It's, it's, I'm not trying to insult you. It's just the fact of the matter. But, um, no, the Marine Corps is changing, and, you know, I don't know if it's for the better or worse, or time will tell, but, you know, um, we'll see. I, I'm very encouraged by, uh, you know, Mad Dog and Dunford, you know, being in the uh, new administration. How do you feel about that? I think it's great. Like it's finally you get someone in there that's going to speak their mind, you know. They're not afraid what people think about them. And, and these two men have actual combat experience. It's not some civilian administrator coming in to run thing. The, these men have these men have sent men into battle to possibly die. That's a that's a big difference for me. Oh yeah, um, when I was in Ramadi, we were actually at the Jawal Eden. And, you know, we're sitting there. We'd been out for a couple days, so our uniforms aren't that great. Dirty, you know. No boots weren't bloused, anything like that. 
And you smelled great, too. Oh, fantastic, I'm sure. And um, we see some generals walking towards us. So we're thinking, oh, here we go. You know, time to get in trouble. But it, it ended up being uh, General Mattis. What? And, no uh, way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we... When he came over, we, you know, we stood up, gave him the green, and he said, oh, he said, don't worry about it. Sit down. you mind if I eat with you? And he sat down and talked to us just like we were, you know, normal guys sitting around talking. Asked us if we were having fun out there, you know, have everything we need. He genuinely cared. <laughs> I mean, it must have, you know, looking back, you know, that must have been one of your highlights of your Marine Corps time. You know, I didn't think much about it at the time, you know, because you just go on. Right. You know? You just carry on. And then once, you know, he's named Secretary of Defense. Wow. You know? That's awesome. That's awesome. So 2017 for us, and I say us because you guys are, you know, part of this, and I appreciate your support, it's just getting better. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on with uh, this this podcast. People reaching out, you know, wanting to, you know, get their um, effort out there. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, want to, um, you know, know about, you know, the Pogue and Grunt and the complaint department. So is there anything you want to see happen with this, uh, you know, podcast? I think it's just good, you know, getting the word out to other veterans, you know, things that they can do in their area, services that might help them, how you can, you know, contribute and help other veterans who are in need. Uh, and, you know, keep it light, make people laugh. Not everything can always has to be so serious. Well, that, that that is really the whole point of the complaint department is being light because sometimes, you know, when I'm talking about, you know, homeless veterans or suicide or terrorism, you, you need that balance, and, and, and this allows me to do that. So, you know, when you guys text me a complaint or complain about the, the show, like, Trav, what, what, what was going on with that? You know, that's all, it's all good, and, and it keeps things up. Uh, real so i appreciate it but um you know looking forward to having you guys on again i, I know uh pug was on assignment he's got a lot going on but um you know have you guys in to check back in and i'm looking forward to a great 2017 with you all thanks me too i got a lot of gripes all right all right well there. well keep them coming you, you have no problem again the only time i get worried is when you guys tell me everything's okay i'm like really is that okay so uh Thanks a bunch. This is uh, Travis with Grunt and Oscar Mike Radio. Have a safe and happy new year. Oscar Mike Radio out. Oscar Mike Radio, over and out. Oscar Mike Radio, do you copy? Turns to one actual, I have you five by five.
Oscar Mike Radio is in route. Copy that, Sinister One. Coming at you from the city of champions, Brockton, Massachusetts. Come in, Oscar Mike Radio. Oscar Mike Radio, veteran in action, on the move, on mission, always. Off we go.